Hello and welcome to the HA Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm a romance author. With me is my best friend and co-host, Kelsey. Hello, everyone. And we are coming up in four days on my one-year anniversary of when I published my first book, Stolen at Sea. So we're going to be talking about what I've learned in a year self-publishing. Publiversary. I just, I'm really into that. really cute it's really okay I hope you bought yourself flowers or something because that's just that's adorable (laughs) I bought myself a rice cooker hey talk about (laughs) an adult when you get excited about things like that and you're like wow I'm gonna splurge on this rice cooker like watch out world you don't know how good this is about to be I did I bought a Japanese model I was like Gabby we need to do it so myself a rice cooker I love this for you I genuinely love this for you I'm so excited <laughs> this is I have a lot of thoughts this is really nice though I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that this is really nice also I need a TO because I don't have my water and I'm already parched so like give me a hot second I left it in the kitchen okay I'll be here thank you I needed that <laughs> All right. Well, why were we talking about a rice? Was that my weekly hot? No, that wasn't my weekly hot. No, that's just your present to yourself for your public anniversary. <laughs> what's your weekly but hot? Yeah. What my, what's my weekly hot? Yes. My weekly hot is that I'm a hot bestseller. Hey! Get it, baby. Make Me came out eight days ago, and... I hit number one in two categories. I hit number one new release in the, in the same categories and then later just number one overall. And currently my lowest or like highest best ranking in the overall Kindle store is 145th. Shut the front door. Yeah. Shut the front door. I know. <laughs> <laughs> In the beginning of the week, I was, I think, two spots away from Ruthless Creatures by J.T. Geisinger, which is like one of my favorite books, all-time favorite books. I was a few spots away from her book in Kidnapping Crime Fiction, that category. And I was like, this is amazing that I'm even like next to her. And I surpassed it. Yeah. I jumped over it. <laughs> I jumped over it. Like, I'm, like, being ahead of one of my all-time favorite books is, it's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful. I had a giant ugly cry session last night. There's a TikTok trend, TikTok trend to the song Yellow by Coldplay, where people show a picture of them it's like as as a couple a picture of them now and they're like we're 30 now but we were once 29 28 27 20 19 etc and it shows pictures of them like as they get younger from when they first started dating and I made a TikTok in regards to like my publishing and I was like I'm a bestseller but I was once a new author and then I went to like baby pictures and I was watching that TikTok and I was just, just started like crying and Gabby was like that's happy tears like let it out like look at her like she's so proud of you like little Summer wanted to be a writer and like now you are and make me cry I'm gonna cry again <laughs> Summer sent this video to me and she was like if you want to cry with me like watch this video and she sent a picture of her crying which is not abnormal for us and then I watched the video I waited until I got home I watched the video and I immediately sent Pat a picture of myself on the verge of tears just from like what like six seconds of a video look at everything that you've done and then Kelsey sent me a picture of like little Kelsey that you keep on your fridge and you're like everything I do is for her and then I was like oh my god (laughs) so if anyone else feels like crying I'll link the TikTok 
below. Was <laughs> though like really prideful, prideful, wrong word, really joyful tears. Yeah, and it's there's something so sweet about like thinking of like your younger self and it's so hard to look at like a picture of your like four-year-old you and have any mean things to say god was like remember this when like you have days where you're feeling like a loser that you're failing and I was like she's not a loser like looking at the little girl and like there I don't know there's just something that's so humbling I guess when you like see younger you and you're like, how could I be mean to that little cutie? <laughs> like, and therefore how could I be mean to myself right now? If I can't yeah. be that version of myself, I shouldn't be mean to this version of myself either. Yeah. That's why I have mine up to be nice yeah. to myself and to show just all the growth that I've done in my life. Anyhow, I, I feel like, <laughs> okay. okay beautiful tangent let's reel it back in yeah <laughs> before we cry anymore Kelsey's the best person I know so oh. obviously her little her little Kelsey needs to be proud no <laughs> okay cut it cut. stop reel it back give me a second fine okay Weekly hots. That was what a weekly hot. That roller coaster that we just went on right there for you. <laughs> What's your weekly hot, Kelsey? Well, mine is mine sexy. I don't want to look at my four-year-old self and think about this. Oh yeah, let's change gears. Can we swipe swipe the toddler Kelsey and Summer out of our mind? We are now healthy adult consenting adults yes so now that we are healthy consenting adults i received a present in the mail the other day from mr emt and it was of a very special kind of sex toy and a kind of sex toy that i've always wanted to experiment with and one that i have like a couple of fantasies around and although Mr. EMT works to the bone and we have yet to be able to experience this together. I am so excited for when the moment comes. Because it's like, not only did I get a beautiful sex toy in the mail, it's also like, hey, you listened. Like, these are my fantasies. And oh, yeah. you're, you know, going to make it come to life. So serious props all around on that front. Yeah, Mr. EMT is stepping it up. He is stepping it up in a variety of ways. So props, Mr. EMT, if you happen to be peeping in on another podcast like you did a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, wait. Yeah. That reminds me that you texted me and you're like, I was just at Costco with Mr. EMT and we <laughs> and we passed the battery section. And he goes, oh, you and Summer need to stock up on those. <laughs> For all your sex toys. And I was like, excuse me, sir. They're rechargeable. <laughs> we are eco-friendly over here with our sex toys. Thank you very yeah, much. Exactly. Thank you for thinking of me, but no. <laughs> we, lo- we love a considerate guy, though. We love a- yeah. really love all of our needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thinking that we need the 500 pack of batteries. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. I'm so glad you remember that. Yeah. I love my Sunday Costco trips with Mr. EMT. I never know what's going to happen. Yeah, really. Really don't. <laughs> okay. Weekly hots covered. Let's get back into the fact that you're a published author. You've had quite the journey to get here. And there's just, there's so many different things that we could talk about with this. Like community building, the type of author that you want to be, the type of author that you are, right? Because part of this journey is like, you're, you're always growing. You're always going to want to be taking yourself to the next level. So like, 
Any opening remarks? <laughs> I figured it would be fun before I start talking and giving any sort of advice to go through some little stats because obviously there's been a huge change from my Taken series to Make Me, which was just published. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about those. In terms of units ordered, so I get paid two different ways. I get royalties from orders, whether it's an ebook or a paperback from Amazon. But then I also get paid per Kindle Unlimited page read, which is when somebody has Kindle Unlimited and they read your book, everybody who has a Kindle Unlimited membership, that money gets thrown into a pot. And then the total number of Kindle pages that are read that month gets divided and given out to the authors based off of their page reads. So like everyone could open up a book and it could be just like a terrible book. It could be three pages long. And then that author would only get three pages worth of royalties. Yes. Make money. In summary, yeah. you make money. Yeah. Basically in Kindle Unlimited, you, get, you make money when somebody downloads your book and reads it and you get paid for how many pages they read. So if I just like constantly pretend to reread your book, would you just keep getting money? No. So no matter how many times you reread the book, I'll only get paid once for that book. So if you do really love a book and you are going to be rereading it and you want to double support the author, downloading, buying the ebook is awesome. But it's obviously not necessary. Like if you love my book and you're reading it multiple times, thank you first and foremost, no matter what. And their Kindle Unlimited has gotten smart where they know like your reading speeds. They know if you're just like tapping through or if you're just like skipping to the end. So they're, you know, they're smart. They know if you're playing the system or not. Gotta love AI. Okay, so we're, we have, okay, continue with our stats. Let's keep But a lot of people sometimes ask, like, which one is better for authors? Which one should I support? And the answer is, typically, it's about the same in royalties between ebook and Kindle Unlimited page reads. Both help towards our rankings. You can review them the same. So, However, you decide to read the book is appreciated. Paperback. Paperback royalties are much higher just because it's more expensive. So in terms of like ranking, it would be paperback. The most money goes to the author. Then ebook and Kindle Unlimited are kind of tied. If you're going to be rereading an ebook multiple times, and you read it first on Kindle Unlimited. If you buy it as an ebook, the author will get money for that second time. And then you own it. But let's get back to the stats. My most sold book in terms of units is Stolen Not See, then Stolen to Fight, and then Make Me, and then Stolen Secrets. What's interesting is Stolen to Fight has been out since March. It's now November. And Stolen to Fight and Make Me have about the same amount of orders. Then if we are looking at Kindle Unlimited page page reads, about 63% of my total lifetime page reads has been from Make Me, which is pretty crazy to think that like in the year that I've been publishing, 63% of my page reads or readership has been in the last seven days that's crazy it's really crazy and as kind of like we talked a little bit about ranking my best ranking so far has been 145th in the overall kindle store typically stolen at sea or stolen to fight etc is in the like 300 to 400 thousandth 
<laughs> drinking. So like, <laughs> like the difference is insane. And I feel like that's going to make for a good episode to really talk about like what the difference has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, cool. So those are my stats. That's what we're starting with. Or that's what we're looking at in what's happened in the year. And oh, and about two, about 50 percent, a little more than 50 percent of my lifetime royalties or estimated royalties have been from Make Me. So I've made more in the last week than I have for the last year. So just yeah. how it goes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like- it's, it's release. Like usually in release month is gonna be the biggest. Well, not necessarily because my other anywho. Anywho. But that's how it goes. I feel like a piece of this is also with your first books, they were a very like niche category. Mm-hmm. Compared to right now, like get on TikTok, get on Instagram, Bookstagram, Booktube, whatever the heck they're all called. Dark romance is like a hot topic. Like that mm-hmm. is that is where it's at right now. So for you to develop and write and execute a book that is dark romance, which is currently already under the public eye, and to succeed with this, right? Like that's gonna also immediately bump you up, I would picture. Yeah, the interesting thing about like writing to market is, and this is one of my advice for somebody who is starting out, would be don't try to reinvent the wheel. My first series, the Taken series, are dark historical romances. First of all, historical romances usually aren't super dark, so there was already kind of a I create I niche down or kind of treat kind of tried to like create my own sort of niche and what ended up happening was my books were gained in front of dark romance readers who don't read historical and they weren't gained in front of historical readers because I was marketing towards dark romance readers and I thought oh I could do a really great mashup of this and I think down the line, I would still love to go back to historicals. But when somebody's going to take a chance on a new author, they want to know that's something that they're most likely to like. And mm-hmm. if somebody does not read historicals, they're reading mafia and serial killer and like thrillers and stuff. They're not going to want to pick up a historical just because they don't think they're going to like it. And If you are starting out, I would recommend being very intentional about what niche and subgenre you're stepping into and don't try to reinvent the wheel. That's not to say you shouldn't be original and unique because nobody, nobody likes to read the same story over and over again. But when it comes to marketing and how you are going to be pitching your book to readers, you want to pitch it similarly to what is popular and you want to be in that community and surround yourself with readers who read that subgenre. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of community though. Yeah. You are obviously you've had exponential growth in the last seven days. You are gaining traction and I imagine that you will still gain traction not only because I'm your best friend and I'm like you you have to like I just I know you're going to because I have all (laughs) you besides that like obviously the statistics show so in the you've already been in the book community right you've existed here for the last year Mm -hmm. but with this step in the book community like do you have different thoughts on like what you want to achieve like do you are you just like oh my gosh I just made it to number one of these categories now my author brain is telling me that I want to do all of these other things. Like, have you had like a brain blast, like Jimmy Neutron status? Like, tell me where you're at. I think I've had a brain implosion because I am 
so like grateful and excited to read these reviews that are like the smut was so good but the plot was also really good or like there was twists and turns and like there was such good suspense and the tension and the spice and I'm like so thrilled that everything I wanted to accomplish with this book people are picking up on and enjoying but now I'm trying to write book two and I'm just like is it gonna like is it gonna live up to it like Somebody even said, they're like, I will be reading every single book that follows, but like my expectations will be high. So now I'm just like, is there enough twists and turns? Is this like too predictable? Is this like the same beats? Is it like, and so in terms of brain blasts, I have not had them. (laughs) I've had the opposite where I'm like, okay, well, this is it. I'm never going to top it. But watch Jimmy Neutron. You know, like. 15 years ago okay do you remember the episode where he like invented the gum that would give you a brain blast no I do not remember a very specific Jimmy Neutron <laughs> episode okay well apparently I do apparently I was a fan if I had that gum though I would give it to you so I'll let you Thank know you. I did have some I today was one of those days where I just like really needed to hammer out the plot and there was a lot of things that I was like this isn't gonna work so I came up with some new ideas and I talked it through with some of my alpha readers and I'm feeling pretty good about it now which is like goes back to the like community aspect being part of a community and like making friends and having alpha readers and people who are the exact type of reader who I'm writing for be able to give me feedback during the entire creation process is just like beyond invaluable like having an idea and running with it is one thing but having an idea and somebody is able to like step in and be like oh I think you should do this or if you hit a roadblock you can be like okay how am I going to get from point a to point b and people who you know read 30 books a month of the same genre that you're writing they can tell you like oh I would love this if it happened in a book or they can tell you like eh like that's kind of overdone I'm sick of seeing that or what if this happens and a lot of times they're they're like really excited to be a part of that creation process too like you know they become invested in the characters and it's really fun because you're sharing this world you're creating and these like people you're creating with friends and uh, it's so it's magical <laughs> that sounds incredibly magical and like we've clearly seen last episode all the episodes how many friends you've built up throughout like you know just even just through the past year but when it comes to this process like I can't help but wonder like you know like you're my best friend and I don't fortunately I'm not one of your, like I am an alpha reader but like not really like not <laughs> that like a real alpha reader is I just more like get the exclusive and I'm like stoked for you, you know, <laughs> I'm this just the cheerleader who makes snide comments here and there however <laughs> your alpha readers like your genuine alpha readers like are you ever concerned because they are your friends that they're going to be too nice or is there just this like unspoken like I will be cruel but it's going to be to your benefit I think I've been very lucky in the fact that I've been able to invite people to Alpha Read who I was already kind of friends with through in through the book community. Like I wasn't friends with them before, but I was close enough with them that I knew that they were going to be honest. And I also knew their tastes. So like I knew that if I read a book they liked, then it, it do well because like mm-hmm. they they like does that make sense it makes sense to me because it's like you know that they have good taste because you guys are all reading similar things so they're not going to steer you in a direction that's not going to be along the same vein of just general good taste especially when you guys all read so much i mm-hmm. feel like that really helps with the alpha process of like we're avid readers so like if you do something that's been done 300 times and you do it in a boring way like they're gonna know because they've read the 299 other times that it's occurred yeah yeah and I feel like I've 
been fortunate enough to like work with people who I know are going to be honest with me. That was honestly one of, I had this one alpha reader who she's one of my really good friends now. And I know her to be like brutally honest and not fluff things. And anytime I had like doubts and stuff prior to release, I was like, if she likes it, like it's good. Like of all the people in my life, I trust her to tell me if it's shit and she didn't think it was shit. So like anytime I would like start having doubts, I'd go back to like knowing that I was getting the honest truth. And, but there are times when, you know, they might be a mismatch. I'm alpha reading for another friend right now. And she has an alpha reader who I think just like the content is a bit of a mismatch because a lot of the a lot of points are being missed or like suggestions aren't hitting, but that's why it's important to have multiple people. So you can see if like, if one person comments like, oh, this is hella cringe and five other people are like, yeah, this like, this is weird. Then, you know, having like multiple in- inputs kind of gives you votes for what's going to work best. This makes me think of a different question that I was thinking of earlier. So you have your alpha readers, they have a similar mindset to you, you got you trust them. How do you make sure that you're having diverse enough feedback though? Like maybe you're not trying to get matched up with like that alpha reader in your example that you just gave with your friend who like it isn't the right content, but how do you still make sure you have diversity within the same genre? Mm-hmm. I think part of it is like a sheer, sheer number, like previously before make me I would just do a beta round so I would have two to three people who would read the first draft in its entirety and give me feedback based off of that versus alpha where they're reading and giving feedback as you go Um, and that was really valuable because somebody could get a full look at your story and see where there were holes and missing and stuff but there was only, you know, two to three voices. But for Make Me, I had like five or six alpha readers. And I had two sensitivity readers as well. And I think anytime you are going to have a character, whether it's a minor role or a major role, that is of a marginalized group, whether that's race, ability, sexuality. One of my friends was a beta reader or a sensitivity reader for a like intentionally childless couple. You know, like anytime you have some somebody where you want accurate feedback and representation and those people should always be paid. A lot of my alpha readers are friends who are doing it out of the goodness of their heart which is really nice but if you're asking somebody to subject themselves to something that is potentially going to be harmful aka if you wrote something that was inadvertently offensive you should be paying them for that labor and so for all of my books I've had sensitivity readers for make me I had two in in book two I'm really excited. I'm working with Kimia from KKT Reads because I'm writing a Muslim woman who grew up in Iran and is no longer living there. She's a side, she's a side character. She's not the, 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 the main couple, but I don't know. I just was really like, I feel like moved is the wrong word and like touched is also the wrong word both everything that's been going on in Iran and like has seen the way that so many women have been just so brave and strong and like fierce. It's like you want to be an ally and you want to yeah. love. <laughs> yeah and like it's just so ins- like their their sheer like fearlessness is so inspiring. So in book two there's going to be a like a professional heist crew from France. And I think it actually started because 
Kimmy S was like, oh, if you're looking for strong female character names and mentioned a few of the women who had been killed in the protests. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna use that name. And the character kind of then, obviously, I didn't want to just use the name. And so I've been working with Kimia to give her like, an accurate backstory. But anywho, so I have sensitivity to sensitivity reader for that. What was the question? Oh, diversity of feedback. I think one of it is sheer number. And if you're going to have any sort of marginalized or minority community in your book, whether it's a side character or not, you should have paid sensitivity readers. Absolutely. I like how you explained it in the sense of like, if you're going to subject them to anything that's potentially offensive, like clearly you're not meaning to, but you're, you have the sensitivity reader there for a reason. Like, yeah, you should be paid. Yeah. So awesome. Glad you did that. Clearly it was a success. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you have your alpha readers who are harsh, which is amazing. You have your sensitivity readers, But when it comes to you just sitting down, coming up with the theme for your book, coming up with the writing, the plot, and all of this good stuff, how do you make sure that you push yourself out of a comfort zone so that way you're not rewriting the wheel here? Mm. What, What kind of has happened for most of my books is I will get ideas for like specific scenes and then I usually end up writing the plot to fit those scenes in so sometimes I'll get I'll have ideas of scenes will kind of drop into my mind and then those scenes kind of grow if you've read make me there is the hot tub scene that scene was in my head before I started writing it and Yeah, I love that scene. That scene was like rent free in my mind for like months. It's um, fine. <laughs> and that scene kind of like grew and grew and grew where first she was just going to be in there and he was going to be like, he was just going to watch her and then he was going to get in the hot tub with her. And then he was going to, you know, say the thing about like, you're like, when, when, when your m- mouth is like open like that or however he phrased it because she was moaning like it, I, I don't remember what I wrote it was something about like basically he alluded like you would look super hot with my cock in your mouth <laughs> and so then she was going to be like in the hot tub and he was going to be at the edge and she was going to be like blowing him and then I, then it kind of spiraled where I was like what if she is like no sit down like I'm not going to do that. And then the whole thing with like licking his come up after like that, it just kind of like snowballs. Right. And that, so that scene, I was like, I'm have to find a way to like get to a point where Harlow is, you know, sick of his shit is like ready to start like toying with him back, you know, wants to see like, how how much he really is like wrapped around her finger see how far she can push him sort of and and getting cash in a situation where he was you know like willing to watch it play out and then like what was his reaction going to be after that so sometimes the plot like you think of these rather unique or specific scenes and you have to find a way to make them fit and I feel like I mean, it's not necessarily intentional why I do that, but I think that's a good way to keep things like spicy or different because your starting points are really unique. You're not just saying I'm starting with enemies to lovers. You're saying I'm starting with is she thinks he killed her best friend or mm-hmm. also like the chair scene that was in, at the, at, towards the end of the book. That was another one that was like in my head and I was like, how are we going to get to this point? <laughs> Fucking wild trying to find out how to get him if, to put himself in that chair and like what would I have to do for him to handcuff himself to that chair was 
you know, like there, there's like a lot of plot elements that had to be layered in so that he was willing to do that. To make it very much like, no, that's his character. Like he would absolutely do that. Yeah. There's no way that you could try to, I don't know, you couldn't have done that scene successfully or had it be so successful with any plot holes in it. Yeah. Like Harlow wasn't going to be able to like out wrestle him or like if she had any sort of like extra like guards or men to control him like where would she get those guys that weren't in Cash's pocket Mm -hmm. Uh, like there were just so many yeah a lot of layers I guess while we're talking about like feedback and stuff I think it's really really important to realize that if you're an author if you want to publish like there's a certain degree of confidence that you have to have in yourself right in order to be like oh I think this is good enough to publish but you also obviously would not write a sentence that you thought was bad you know like you are creating a product that your best knowledge and best effort is good. But when you are then seeking feedback or getting alpha or beta readers, like you have to go into it knowing that like the reader's experience and the feedback that those people are going to give you is going to be so, so critical and so, so important to the end goal, which is, readers who are not your alpha readers loving the book and having that reader experience and being open to that feedback like don't have alpha readers and beta readers just as like a step or like a checklist like oh I have to get these they have to read it etc like go into it knowing that you are going to be getting feedback and they are going to be for like 99% of the time they're going to be right And, like, you should make changes based off of what they suggest. You really, like, you have to put your ego in check, right? Because, like, you're you're writing what you think are good, but you also are, you need to, like, very openly say, okay, if these people are giving me this kind of feedback, I need to listen. And that, I imagine that that's a, a really vulnerable process as well. It is. It is. And I think something that has helped me is one, I've talked about before, like wanting the best for my characters and wanting the best for my story and knowing that listening to feedback is how I'm going to get there. But also realizing that a lot of times they will say like, oh, this doesn't make sense or I don't know why he's doing this or like, you know, what was the intention of this scene? And realizing that we're on the same page, like, oh, the intention was to convey this, or the intention was this, or this is what they wanted to see. And the intention was there, but the execution wasn't. And to, like, take a step back and be, instead of, if someone says, like, oh, this scene would be better if, you know, he loved her all along. And instead of being like, no, he did love her all along. Like, that's what the scene is. Being like, okay, like, I agree that's my intention for this scene but obviously it isn't clear enough and working until you get to a point where it is where your intention is clear to the reader because I think that's you know obviously the biggest or maybe not obviously but the the biggest disconnect is the author's intention and what the reader absorbs it's a really big point right like you're you want the best for your characters and there's so much that you want to get across, but sometimes you can struggle to do so, especially when you're living this out in your brain, I would imagine. And then you're trying to like bring it to paper. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's the same thing with me being an artist. Like there's a million ideas that I have, but I don't always convey them in the way or as successfully as I'd like them to be conveyed. The first time. Yeah, around. exactly. Lovely that you have someone there to help you with that. Yeah, it's, I'm, I know I keep saying it, but I'm just really, I'm so grateful for everybody who's, like, with me on this process and 
journey and giving me feedback and helping me and genuinely wanting to see me succeed and celebrate my wins with me. Somebody asked me on Instagram, like, how did I decide to self-publish? How did I decide to go with Kindle Unlimited, et cetera? Um, And I just wanted to touch on that really quickly before we wrap up, because those were some of the big questions I had in the beginning. In terms of self-publishing, it... To, there, there's this weird, like, stigma or, like, hierarchy of what is, what's real published and what isn't versus, like, traditionally published, which is where you go with a publisher, or indie publishing, independent publishing, which is publishing yourself, like, through Amazon. And there's this weird stigma that, like, oh, if you self-publish, then you're not really published. And I've, I've even had some people be like, oh, like, are you, like, are you published? Like, really published? Or, like, self-published? And I was like, it's the same. Like, we both got our ISBN numbers. And the way, so first, if you want to publish a book, like, get rid of that stereotype or stigma. or I'm not quite sure the right word, but, like, let that go. Because if you look at the bestseller list, on Amazon and Kindle right now and Amazon is by far the biggest book retailer huge chunk if not the majority of them are self-published if you go to a bookstore it's going to be a lot more traditionally published and for some people like their goal and dream is just to have their books in a bookstore which is totally valid I still when I go to Barnes Noble I will look on the shelf and see where would O'Toole fit but these days with social media and book talk and different printing companies like Amazon, Barnes and Noble and other stores are stocking self-published books. So that's also no longer a barrier. If you're like, oh, well, I want to be in physical books and physical bookstores, you can still accomplish that with indie publishing. So to me, it made so much sense to go indie because I was like, I just want to get my book out there. I don't want to write a hundred letters and get rejected a hundred times when I could just do this on my own. Like, why am I waiting for someone else's approval? And there's so many, so many resources out there. If anybody has like questions, my DMs are always open. I'm also always happy to like send you resources or YouTube channels and podcasts that I've listened to and learned from. But the biggest thing is that you just have to do it and you learn by doing so, so much. Like, Make Me would never have been able to be written as my first book. Like, because I had three books before it and I had time to like grow and involve myself in this community is the reason why Make Me was able to be such a good book. But if I was like trying to get that perfect book with book one, it would never have happened. So like just do it you'll learn as you go your first book probably won't be a success but like just keep going if you love it and in terms of Kindle Unlimited for new indie authors it makes a ton of sense to do Kindle Unlimited if your genre which if you're listening to this podcast you're probably a romance author Romance readers are incredibly avid readers. They consume so many books a month that Kindle Unlimited is really popular among romance readers because instead of spending $150 on ebooks a month, they can spend $10 a month. So one of the reasons I chose Kindle Unlimited is because my readers and my readership is in Kindle Unlimited. And as a new author, it gives people incentive to try your book they they're not risking anything by downloading your book whereas somebody might not want to spend money on an ebook that they've never like they haven't read that author before they don't know if it's gonna be worth their hard-earned money so just look at like what your competitors are doing and other people in your genre and if the majority of them are in Kindle Unlimited like that's a pretty good sign that like you should also do that yeah a lot of good information yeah, sorry. I just like went on a monologue. Now I'm like out of breath. <laughs> it was a good monologue though. That's like, that's really solid information. And I feel like there's so much misconception when it comes to indie authors 
and like self-publishing that, you know, the record needs to be set straight. Like I knew nothing about it until you decided to do it. And now I'm like, holy crap. Like look at Amazon, look at the list, look at how many people do this and succeed in such a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Cause you're a success story, baby. <laughs> and also like getting traditionally published is not a guarantee for success either like there are plenty of people who get traditional publishing deals and you know they're you don't just write your book and sit back like you still have to do promo you you still have to like I know that there's some traditionally published authors who like still invest in their own marketing even though technically like that's one of the appeals of traditional publishing is that they're like supposed to do the marketing for you and if you start indie it doesn't mean you can never go trad like Tessa Bailey who is one of the most popular romance authors indie and trad right now she started out indie she kind of went hybrid where some of her stuff is self-published some of it is with traditional publishing and you can you can you can do that you also can there's a lot of authors who've started indie Anna Huang and Emily McIntyre um, they recently got picked up. Some of their series got picked up to be trad published. So I, I say start indie and like, you can always go trad, but <laughs> I guess you could start, go start trad and go indie, but indie is just the best way. If you have a story and you want to tell it, write it and self-publish. Sweet. Well, thanks for sharing all that good stuff. <laughs> Now I need to like chug a bunch of water. <laughs> like, girl, that was a monologue. I know. Over here. No, I'm just kidding. What'd you say? I said I could have done my taxes over here. <laughs> I think it's because I can't see your. I think because I can't see your face, I like don't realize I'm talking to another person. I'm just feeling. <laughs> I don't see see the boredom glazing over your eyes. <laughs> Wow, the magic of getting a power outage in the middle of a recording a podcast episode. <laughs> There's a weird black thing in my cup of water. I don't know what that is, so I'm going to set it down. I would not drink that if I were you. Okay, I just have like an all-encompassing question for you. Okay. When you sit down and you have a moment where you're not, you know, like planning your next book and you're not strategizing and talking to people and you're not looking at your stats. Oh, I'm sorry. Please hold. My power just came back on. Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. But like the amount of things that just beeped at me was so aggressive. I heard some of the beeps. (laughs) I pretty much just gave myself a crick in the neck startled myself okay i don't trust my wi-fi okay we'll just stay on hot spot okay i was asking a question okay when you have just like a moment of peace in the middle of this crazy last seven days i'm sorry can you hear all of the things turning on or can you not hear this sort of okay i'm not trying to have my printer just like overwrite my voice give me a second (laughs) okay I think everything's turned on now. You really don't know how many things are turned on until they're turned off. (laughs) Okay. When you have a moment of peace in the middle of these like last crazy seven, eight days, like what is just like the one feeling that you're just like hit with, overwhelmed with? What's just that like one solid thing that you keep coming back to? feel like I know the answer but I still ask the question I was really I was really confident about this release but I was also extremely nervous because every release since I was like this is it this is gonna be it and granted one successful release and seven days is not going to be a predictor for the rest of my life and the rest of my future releases but Every book I thought was going to be the one or was going to take off. And every time it didn't. 
so I think I was really nervous to like let myself believe that and be excited for that again Um, so I think to see that like that this book is releasing and hitting the way I've always dreamed of I think is a thing that is kind of like like wow like this time the the dream happened also I have a moment every morning where I will I've been like waking up and checking my phone and checking my ranking which we can debate on whether that's healthy or not but it's release week I think it's fine it's exciting but every every time I like check my phone it's been lower than I expected and I just like stare at my phone like jaw open and I think that moment of like genuine like shock at what I'm seeing like I don't know encompasses this release so far phenomenal 10 out of 10 answer (laughs) Kelsey how has this release been (laughs) you (laughs) I'm so proud of you like I've been bragging about you to everyone I send screenshots of your updates like all your stats to people who I care about and then I'm like by the way like did you know that I have a friend who's just like doing amazing right now I just talk about you that's that's how I'm dealing with your release, along with like happy crying with you along every step of the way from You're five million best. miles away. You're the best. I love you. Mm. What an emotional episode. Honestly, though. <laughs> what an emotional week. Truly, truly emotional week. Oh, my gosh. But you know what? Ending on such a jolly note. And I'm just I'm so proud of you. Oh, I could say it a million times, but I won't. Well, to all of our beautiful listeners, thank you for coming along with Summer and I on this journey. I mean, you guys have been here since Summer wrote her first book. How wild is it that now she is number one in certain categories on the Amazon top charts? Like, what? This is someone who you've been listening to for the last X amount of weeks of your life. (laughs) Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So with that in mind, thank you listeners for all of your lovely support. Alrighty, toodles. Toodles. <laughs>